I have this one thing against you. You've forgotten your first love. You know, and the Lord is our first love. And if we don't know God, how can we love others? We cannot forget that. Well, we're going to do a new challenge this year. And some of you are probably freaking out because in the past we've done a seven-day challenge to the couples. And then you see 29-day challenge and you think, well, that's impossible. (laughs) It's not the same challenge. (laughs) So don't worry. But we're doing a leap of love. This is leap year. Did you know that? You have an extra day to 2024. February has 29 days instead of 28 days. And we're going to do a 29-day challenge as a church to love more this year in 2024. And so I just, I really, we started talking about this and thinking about this at the end of last year. I don't know if you remember, but many of you participated in a poll that we took. 10 things that make me feel loved. And many of you turned that in, and I appreciate it. I know everyone didn't, but for those of you who did, I appreciate it. And we've used that data to compile a book. And we're going to be passing those out today in a little while. I'm not giving them to you yet, because I don't want you looking at the book and not listening to me. So we're going to be talking about that. But I want you to think about the early days of... If you have a relationship with someone, the beginning, or if you ever have, think about that early. Maybe your first crush when you're in high school or elementary school. Some, everyone has a different story, right? I have, how many of y'all have danced in the street with no music? Right? We've got one, two. Everyone has a different story. All of our stories don't look like that. But I think that what we have done, and this is not just in relationship, but in the church, in life, we've gotten lazy. Right? We've gotten inconsiderate, uncaring, and we take people for granted. We just go through the motions of life. And that is not what we should be doing. We should be living every day as if this is the gift from God because it is. And so we need to look at things differently. We don't all live in a fairy tale. <laughs> That's for sure. Life is hard. And, and we have circumstances and situations that arise in our lives that are difficult. And we have to go through those things. But that doesn't change the truth of who we are. We are loved by God. We are children of the most high God. And he has put us here for purpose. And we need to fulfill that purpose. You know, when we do look at relationships, some have seemed destined to be together since childhood. You know, my sister and her husband are fixing to be married um, 31 years this year. And they were boyfriend and girlfriend when she was in kindergarten and he was in first grade. And so there were a few off and on moments through that time. But I can remember when I was in high school with my license, my sister's four and a half years younger than me. 
and maybe I didn't have a boyfriend, but Ryan was over at our house sitting on our couch and I had to drive him home, you know, because I had the license. They seemed like they were destined to be together since childhood. Another couple, Talita, do you have that first picture? Oh, there it was. Y'all recognize them? That's Paul and Debbie. I did not get permission to post these pictures. <laughs> but look at that, y'all. Look at that. Paul and Debbie, so young. I'm sure they feel like they've always been married (laughs) because their parents were best friends and then they fell in love. And since they were children, we're just always together and now they're married and they're still married. And it hasn't been easy, has it? (laughs) There's been some trouble, some trials, some, some problems going through the years, but there's been so many good stories. Here they are with their two grandchildren this morning. I mean, there's just always different changes in life. Life doesn't stay the same. They're not still like that. Now they've got grandchildren that are that age. Life changes, but y'all, it doesn't take away all of that history. We just tend to forget it. Sometimes people become each other's second chance. You have that second picture up there, Talita? (laughs) That's Jill and Johnny. (laughs) Do you recognize that? They're each other's second chance at love. And I remember the story, and I love the story. I didn't know them when this happened. Of course, they were in school together. They went to uh, uh, maybe elementary, uh, junior high and high school. Both of them had my daddy for junior high science. And in my baby book, when my mama was pregnant with me, Everybody in Daddy's homeroom brought a quarter to give for a baby gift. And John Adair's in my baby book for giving a quarter. And I didn't even know him, and he didn't even know me, but he had my daddy. So they knew each other in school, but that's not the path they took. They married other people, and they had trouble (laughs) in those marriages, trouble that was beyond their control. And then one day after they were divorced and each had children, they were standing in line at a grocery store. And I think that one of you had meat and one of you had charcoal. Jill had the meat. Johnny had the charcoal. And Johnny says, because, you know, Jill's last name was Pretty, right? Like Samuel and Paul and Jill Pretty. And he said, aren't you Jill who used to be pretty and still is? Is that how it goes? that how it went? <laughs> and Yeah. Yeah. And here they are, still here, second chances. I have another second chance photo. Do you have that? 40, 40 years later, still here. Oh, there's Chrissy and Elias. Yeah. And many of you, Chrissy has told her story, how she ran from God for seven years. Y'all, for seven years of her life, she was not serving the Lord. We see her up here, this wonderful worship leader, leader in our church, leader to our children, our teenagers. And we think, well, everything's just perfect for her. It hasn't always been perfect, has it, Chrissy? But Elias was her second chance at love as well. And this is such a beautiful picture of them, happy and smiling and running out. 
sometimes people just meet by chance. You have no idea how they meet or what's going to come of it, but they meet by chance, and you just know that the Lord had a hand in it. What's that next picture, Toledo? Me and Samuel. (laughs) Me and Samuel. So, of course, I was young. I was 18. I was at TJC. Came to college, the big city of Tyler, because I grew up in Edgewood with one red light. And so Tyler was huge. Y'all would not have wanted to be driving with me in the beginning days of Tyler. When I ran a few red lights, hit a few curbs, had my, I mean, it was the big city. It was scary here. And I had sworn off dating because I had an incident happen that I've shared that with y'all before. And I was just done. I told my mom, I'm just done with dating for a while. And I had gone to a, a, a Christian fraternity party that some friends of mine that were in the band with me from my hometown invited me to. And I know that Samuel was there. We don't really remember each other, though. We really made an impression. We don't remember each other from that day. But we know we met each other that day because we were both there. And we were both judges in the root beer burping contest. So just by chance, we happened to be there. And then one day, we were walking around the halls of one of the buildings I was on my way to math class, I think, and he was on his way from sociology and ran into me in the hallway and asked for my phone number. Wrote it down on his book cover that he didn't open and didn't call. Then a few weeks later, we ran into each other again, and he wrote my name down again. This is the day before cell phones, day before caller ID. I did have a what's it called? Answering machine. So he called and left a message. I had gone home for the weekend and I used to go home every weekend and I would cry when I had to leave home and come back to Tyler. And then I came back and I checked my answer machine and he had left me a message with no return number and no, and I had no way to reach him. So it was a little while before we got together, but once we finally did, we went to get ice cream. That was just it, Chrissy, right? We were all about ice cream. And so we had, um, that, after that night, I think we saw each other every single day after that. It was just it. We married, we went out October 3rd. That was our first date. We got engaged in December and got married in May. It's a very quick, but when you know, you know. And that's 30, for 30, almost 35 years ago, 34 and a half years ago. So sometimes you just meet by chance. Sometimes you're a friend of a friend or in a friend group. I have one more picture. It's my mom and dad. My daddy's wearing Kilgore College football shirt. My mom was a Kilgore College rangerette and they met at Kilgore College, obviously. And, um, Daddy dated all of Mama's roommates before he ever dated her. <laughs> I guess he was going through the rangerettes. I don't know. But I tell you, it was at uh, my daddy's funeral that there were some of their college friends here at the funerals. And one of my mom's friends, she was one of the roommates. Her name was Jan. And she came up to me and she said, your daddy was too good for me. And he uh, didn't want to do the things that she wanted to do. And that's why they didn't work out. And I was like, wow, that's so nice to know because you don't know your parents 
as young people, right? You only know them as these old people <laughs> who raised you and, and be like these stern people. You don't know how they were when they were college students. And so to hear her say that really meant a lot to me that daddy's character has been the same all these years. And so he ended up with mom. They, so they were in a group. They were in um, this car and... Uh, it was raining, and this car, it was a red car. I can't remember, but they called them the red something gang. We had a picture of it. I forgot. But um, so they went out. There were no seats in the car, just Coca-Cola crates. You know, those, those were the seats they were sitting on. And so they were open on the bottom, but, you know, all holy crates. And uh, my mom was sitting on one crate, and my dad was behind her with his feet underneath. They weren't dating yet. It was just their friend group in this car, and it was raining, and they decided to do donuts in the football field. And my mom was so scared because she just thought they were going to get in trouble. They're going to have an accident. She was so scared that she wet her pants, and it went through the holes of the Coca-Cola crate, and my daddy's feet were underneath there, and he's like yelling at the guy, it's, your car's leaking. He thought it was the rain coming in, and Mama never said a word. Till years later, after they were married, he found out it was not rain at all. But she peed on him. I guess she marked her territory, and it worked because they were married for 55 years. <laughs> Sometimes people meet online. I have a friend named Maria. Y'all, a lot of y'all know her. And she's uh, in Arkansas, and she's already had two husbands that have both passed away. And so she's starting to venture out again a little bit. And so she's meeting a few people online. And so there's this one guy, and he was from Texas. We're like, oh, well, we vote for the Texas guy. Well, but he sent her some pictures of these houses he's building. And this, they were just these really cool-looking, like, barn dominiums. And so she starts Googling and finds the exact stock pictures on some other site. So we're like, okay, Texas guy's not the guy for you. (laughs) So she confronted him about it and hasn't heard from him since. But anyway, so you meet people all sorts of different ways. Some marriages are even arranged. That still happens. It does. Um, we are all lots of different cultures. They still arrange marriages, but we just finished reading the book of Genesis and there were a lot of arranged marriages, right? One of my favorites is Isaac and Rebecca. So Abraham and Sarah finally have the son of promise, Isaac, and it's time for him to be married. And they want him to marry someone from their family. It's what they did back then. They didn't want him to marry these pagan people that didn't believe in God that were living around them. And so Abraham sent his servant. He said, go back to my homeland and find a wife. And the servant's scared. He said, what if she won't come? And Abraham said, well, if if she won't come, then that's fine. But I I will release you from this vow. But go, go see. So this servant, he's really nervous. And he goes and he finds, finally gets to this area. And there's this huge watering hole where they come and they water all the flocks. And he said, Lord, if there be somebody for, for, my, for my master, 
then just let them not only give me water, but to water my camels too. And that's a pretty big job. Can you imagine how much camels would drink? A lot. So here comes a young girl to get water, and he says, Hey, miss, you know, could you give me a drink of water? And she said, Sure, I'll give you a drink, and I'll water your camels too. And she did, and come to find out, guess what? She was a near relative of Abraham. And he went ahead and put a ring in her nose <laughs> and bracelets on her wrist, and he claimed her for his master. And they, she took him back to her father's house, and they talked about it, and they discussed it. And they're like, what if Rebecca doesn't want to go? And she said, I will go. And so she goes with this stranger back, and they're doing this long journey on these camels. And they get there, and she looks out, and here comes the man. And she's like, who is that? And the, the servant said, that is Isaac. He's the one you're going to marry. And says so she put on her veil. She got off the camel, and she kind of hid herself because she knew that was going to be her husband. And it says Isaac loved Rebecca immediately. It was like love at first sight. So even though it was an arranged marriage, they, they loved one another. So, um, so many different love stories like that in the Bible. That's one of my favorites, and I'm really excited about Ruth for the month of February because I think you're really going to love that one as well. But we often want to compare ourselves to those stories, right? We want to compare ourselves to love stories, to movies, to TV shows, and life is just not the same for everybody. And it's not always happily ever after. And it's not always what you think it's going to be. Things happen. Um, circumstances come in and, and just cause trouble that you don't even ima- couldn't even possibly imagine. But the truth is we're just all different. And we can only see outside. We can't see the, behind closed doors. I had uh, just read a story on Facebook this week I wanted to read to y'all. Sorry, I had it pulled up, but it went away. I texted it to myself so I could find it. Okay, so this is a story. A good friend of mine unexpectedly lost his wife. A couple of months later, we were golfing together, chatting about nothing, and he asked what my dinner plans were. And I told him that wifey wanted my homemade chili and cornbread, but I didn't feel like stopping at the store. So we golfed a few more minutes, and then he quietly said, make the chili. It took me a few minutes to realize we were no longer talking about dinner. It makes me, sorry. I was about to go, it's about going out of your way to do something for someone you love. Because at any moment, they could be unexpectedly taken from you. So today, I'm sharing with you that wisdom handed down by my dear friend, that I've thought of many times since that day. Next time someone you love wants you to go for a walk or watch a football game or play a board game or just put your phone down and give them your undivided attention, just do it. Make the chili. (laughs) I thought that was so sweet. We're just not promised tomorrow. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, and then I'm going to skip down to verse 18. Oh, don't worry. We wouldn't dare say that we are as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are. 
but they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant. When people commend themselves, it doesn't count for much. The important thing is for the Lord to commend them. So oftentimes we want to compare with one another. We want to compare to other people. We want to compare to other marriages. We want to compare to other jobs. We want to compare to other relationships. We want to compare our children and how successful they are. We want to compare how cute our grandbabies are. Right? It's just all about compare, compare, compare. But the Bible says that's ignorant. You're just comparing yourself among yourselves. That should not be our measure. Our measure should be, what does the Lord say? What does the Lord say? Are you doing what the Lord would say to do? Are you following wholeheartedly after what the Lord would do? The Lord should commend you. What does the Lord have to say about your marriage? What does the Lord have to say about your parenting skills? What does the Lord have to say about your relationship? Because even though, sure, we think a lot about marriages during the month of February, it's about relationships with people. All relationships with people. Not just a husband or a wife. So anything we say, you can apply this in your life for your boss, for your child, for a person you just meet on the street. These things are universal. Only you can answer that question because you are the one living your life. You're the only one who knows if you're doing something pleasing unto the Lord. Are you giving your all to your relationship as you would unto the Lord? Sometimes we want to blame the other person. We say, well, if only my spouse did this. Or if only they would treat me a certain way. Or only if they would stop doing this certain thing. But y'all, we can never control another person. We wouldn't even want to. Because if love is mandatory or compulsory, then what is the point? Why do I want Samuel to love me if he has to love me? There's no point in that at all. Right? I want you to choose me. Choose to love me. Choose to want me. Look at yourself. You're the only one you have power over. Proverbs 18, 24 says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. If you're not feeling loved, how lovable are you? Are you loving others? Because ultimately, you have to be the one to show the love. It can't be all about give, give, give. What can you give me? It's what can I do for other people. Colossians 3, 17 through 20 says, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as is fit unto the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. I find it interesting that those things are all right there in order. Whatever you do... Do it as unto the Lord. Wives, submit yourself to your husband. Husbands, love your wives. Children, obey your parents. All of those things, do it as unto the Lord. And then if you skip down, well, first of all, let me read this part. I wrote over here in the side. We often think 
of our jobs in this context. In other words, whatever you do, do it with all your might. We think about going to work. Well, I'm going to work with all my might. I'm going to be the very best person I can be on my job. I want to teach the very best way I can teach. I want to dig the very best ditch, do the very best thing. Whatever it is we're doing, we want to do it the most. But it's not talking about jobs. The next three sentences are about relationship. It's talking about relationship. And so often then we're like, well, but I do that to, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. I'm nice to other people. But y'all, we shouldn't take our family for granted. A lot of times we put our best face on and we're so sweet and we're so kind to all these strangers that we don't even know. And then we come home and our family doesn't even count. We don't have anything left for them. When they're the ones that should count the very most of all. They're the ones that God has given to us immediately to spend time with, to influence, to be a part of. And we, don't, we, we give it out, but what about to those people closest to us? We have got to be more intentional with our time. So then if we skip down to verse 23, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord and not unto men. That says it all. That can like totally change everything about your life. If you do it as unto the Lord, it's not about deserve. You know how we love salvation because it's free? God, there's nothing I can do to deserve the salvation of the Lord. Jesus paid for that on the cross, and I'm so thankful, and it's free to me. It's just like all of you, you don't have to do anything to deserve my love. I want to be kind to you just because I need to be kind to you because Jesus loves you not because of anything you've done to me. And that's the way we need to be for every single person we come in contact with. If Jesus was standing in front of you, would you think twice about giving him a hug? No, you'd just be like running to that embrace, right? A lot of times like today even, when we were praying and we were lifting our hands, part of me was just thinking about what if you were face to face? Instead of, and what if you, you see a little child and the father? What does that little child do? Do they even think about it? They just go running, running into that embrace. You wouldn't even think anything about it, but yet we don't even hug our spouse. We don't even take the time to acknowledge them. Good morning. We've got to do better. If Jesus was here right now and he left his sandals in the middle of the room, would you think twice about picking up Jesus' sandals? I say no. I say we would be right there picking up those sandals. Let me do something else, Jesus. Would we think anything about preparing Jesus' food or buying Jesus a gift? Oh, my goodness. Would that not be the hardest job to buy Jesus a gift? I love to buy gifts, and I love to buy that perfect gift for somebody. But what does Jesus want? That would be hard, but I wouldn't. I would love to do it. Would you even think about sitting and talking to Jesus? Think about Mary, how she sat at Jesus's feet. We wouldn't even think twice about turn the TV off. Jesus is in the room, right? What about spending quality time with him or asking him about his day? To give Jesus a drink of water. Make it modern. Would you let Jesus have the remote control? 
I wonder what he would watch. The chosen. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if Jesus gave you advice, would you take it? Would you value his opinion? Would you let Jesus drive the car without commenting? That's my problem. I comment. So what I want us to do this month, this is part of our 29-day challenge. Not just the month of February. We still have three more days in January, y'all. Treat everybody as if it were Jesus. Treat them as if it was Jesus. Whatever you are doing, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not to man. But Jesus said, whenever you do it to even the least of these, you've done it unto me. It's all about being kind to others. Go to work as if your boss was Jesus. Cook dinner as if you were preparing it for Jesus. Temper your words and let them be kind. Respond differently. Love like Jesus. Because people don't have to deserve your love, just like we don't deserve his love. But just because it's the right thing to do. Make other people feel worthy and valuable because they are. If they were gone tomorrow, you would miss them. So make the chili. We're going to, in a few minutes, we're going to play a song. And y'all are going to come up and get these books. So there's two different ones. The men are going to come to the manly looking table and get the book about what women want. And the women are going to come to the more feminine table and get the book about what men want. Now, I didn't make these things up. Y'all did. These are the things from our survey. Based upon our the Lord's House survey, the number one thing women need is words of affirmation. Some of these things surprised me. But I just went through your list and made little tally marks. This is followed closely with time together, gifts, having an eye of responsibility. Now, I wrote that because that's what Samuel's mom always said, but it's more like acts of service. Noticing something that needs to be do, done and doing it. Time with family. Because we put ten things that make me feel loved. Time with family was huge. Time with the Lord If you're not having your quiet time with the Lord every day, that's part of the peace that's missing in your life. You're not going to feel fully loved and fully fulfilled if you don't spend time in God's presence, in his word, talking to him. Play a worship song. Read a scripture. If you can't read along with us, pick one scripture and just meditate on that one scripture. Helping with housework. Checking on me and saying, I love you. Paying attention to me, saying please and thank you and I'm sorry. To fill my water or my coffee. These are things the women wanted. Sacrifice for me. Ensure my security. Touch. Cook for me. Help plan trips. Have time for my (laughs) self-care. Plan dates. Support me in my ambitions. Put gas in my car. 
help with groceries, etc. So affirmation, quality time, and acts of service were really big in the women's book. And the men, the number one thing that the men needed to feel loved was family time. That was really surprising to me. But feeling, having time with family made men feel the most loved, followed closely by my spouse being intimate with me. Other things were receiving gifts, listening, helping me, being held, ask about my day, offer to do something that I normally do, praise, a home-cooked meal, write me a message, spending time with pets makes men feel loved. <laughs> um, remember the special occasions, check on me, acceptance, respect, a massage. I think that would make both feel loved, but it was on the men's list. Consider my preferences, make plans with me, let me make plans. Date night, surprise me, music, and money. <laughs> money was on the men's list. So those are things that y'all said. The Lord's house family said, these things make me feel loved. And we're going to use those things and apply them throughout this month of February. So I'm going to let Talita play this song. I heard this song the other day on the radio with Pastor Samuel. He listens to some old um, country music. And this song came on, and I think it's hilarious. So as you're coming, men, come over here and grab a book. Women, come over here and grab a book and listen to the words of this song. It's called Kiss Me Big, Pastor Marcel. You'll like it. I want to show it when our lips meet just under my nose. Don't turn me loose till it curls my toes. That's the kind of kissing I've been missing. Baby, won't you kiss me big? Baby, 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 listen, listen, listen. I love you madly, but something's missing. You got the kind of love that I can't resist. When I say kiss me, I want to be kissed. Kiss me big, make me know it. When I've been kissed, I want to show it. Grab a hold of me and let me hear you shout. Kiss me, baby, till my eyes pop out. That's the kind of kissing I've been missing. Baby, won't you kiss me big? You got the kind of lips that I can't resist When I say kiss me, I want to be kissed Kiss me big, make me know it When I've been kissed, I want to show it I want to be hugged, I want to be grabbed I want to stand there and quiver like I've been stabbed That's the kind of kissing I've been missing Baby, won't you kiss me big? Unhook the phone, pucker up, baby. Daddy's coming home. That's the kind of kissing I've been missing, baby. Baby, baby won't you kiss me, baby? So, married or single, because remember, this is about loving others. 
course, it's, you know, marriage focused, but you can apply this stuff to any relationship that you are in with anybody. Okay, so, Talita, can you just rewind that just a little bit? I know we don't rewind anymore. <laughs> can you just go back and play that chorus one more time or just maybe half of the song? Y'all got to hear this fun, these funny words. It's so cute. Crank it up, Pastor said. I love you madly, but something's missing. You got the kind of love that I can't resist. When I say kiss me, I want to be kissed. Kiss me big, make me know it. When I've been kissed, I want to show it. Grab a hold of me and let me hear you shout. Kiss me, baby, till my eyes pop out. That's the kind of kissing I've been missing. Baby, won't you kiss me big? talks about hippopotamus kiss versus goldfish kiss, right? So this is what this song made me think of. He says, make my eyes pop out. Kiss me big. If you're going to kiss me, I want to know it. (laughs) Let me show it. All right, so let's look at these books, y'all. So the very first page is what I just read to you. Those are the things that were listed based on our survey. But then look at the very next page. So, this is for everybody, and I really want you to take this seriously. This is only going to work if you apply it to your life. If you don't utilize this, you're not going to see any changes in your life. You have to make the change. You cannot expect another person to change. You have to change. We quickly find out that the needs of men and women are not so different than each other. We can make others feel loved basically by treating them the way we like to be treated. We get so caught up in behaving a certain way and making habits that are not necessarily good. It can take 21 days to break a habit or form a new one. Now put in parentheses, statistics vary because I googled it. And there's all sorts of statistics there, but we've heard this said, and we've done that with the 21-day fast. I'm asking you to take a 29-day challenge. This February, let's make every day count. Let's be intentional about loving others. I want you to make a commitment to complete these 29 days serving your spouse. Make a leap of love with me. If you aren't married, choose someone in your life to whom you wish to grow closer. Perhaps a boss, a child, a roommate, or a friend. And be intentionally more caring the next 29 days. I'm giving you 29 activities based upon the answers we received from our poll, 10 Ways You Feel Loved. So I want you to really think about this and think about who you're committing to to be more intentional with, and you're going to fill in their name here, I commit to take the TLH Leap of Love Challenge. I will be intentionable, (laughs) intentionable, I made up a new word, intentional about loving and serving blank. So I will fill in the blank with Samuel Pretty. You fill in the blank with your name, whose ever name, not your name, the name of someone you want to be intentional of. For the next 29 days. And then I want you to sign it and date it. This is not to turn in. This is for you to keep. But for your record, y'all, because sometimes we go back. I like to journal. 
And sometimes I go back and I look at things I've written and I'm like, wow, (laughs) I sure didn't accomplish that. Or wow, look how far I've come. You know, you can have lots of different experiences there. I wanted you to have this early because February 1st is Thursday. So we're supposed to start this on Thursday. I kind of want you to look through all 29 days. Your calendar may not work exactly with some of these things because maybe it says plan a date night and you have to work the weekends. Well, you can exchange day 10 with day 2 if you need to. You see what I'm saying? You can be flexible, but just do something every day intentionally to let your spouse or your significant other or your child... No, you love them. Y'all, I taught school for 17 years. And one of my favorite and least favorite things to do was when we had morning duty. And I would be outside with to receive the cars. I liked it because I wanted to be able to be a smiling face. The first thing that the kids saw. Because y'all, when I looked in those cars as they drove up. And you see the anger and the sadness, and the faces on those parents, and those kids get out of there, and they're like dragging their backpack, and they're, you're like, okay, World War III already happened before they got to school this morning, and now they're fixing to go get in trouble because of something mom and daddy did, right? Because they have no outlet for their emotions, They don't know how to handle those emotions. So we can apply these things to our kids. How often do we let the game or the TV or whatever be the babysitter? Go to your room. And I know there's a time and place for that. But it can't be every day. We have to be intentional. We have to make time for the people who are closest to us. We can't treat our family like they don't count because they count the most. Y'all, we have to make the chili. So don't waste the extra day that you've been given this year and take a leap of love with us at the Lord's house.